0: He's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome to the Old hey, guys. Welcome back to this episode of the Sculptor podcast. This is going to be part two of why I moved countries again. Now, this is a bit of an annoying one. I actually filmed a full 50-minute episode. But both the audio on my mic and I always have a backup, which is on my computer or my iPad, both actually corrupt it. So that's the first time I've ever had that happen, which is very frustrating. But, and I actually was really happy with the episode. It was a 50-minute episode where I addressed a lot of things and I believe it was quite an informative episode into my mindset at the time. Now, I only filmed it yesterday, so hopefully I still have that same, let's say, capability. And, let's say, hmm, vocabulary, reciting ability, all of that. So that this episode is as good as the one that you will never ever see and that I'll never be able to watch back. But, anyways, with that being said, I've just listened back through part one because I don't really remember what was said in the first 20 minutes, I do remember what the last bit was, but I'm probably going to be a little bit repetitive here, and probably going to forget a few important things, but for me, instead of missing it, I thought that it would just be best to do it again, because I think that it's going to be good for me to go back on, and I'm probably going to go completely over what I've already said, and even that in itself, I've already gone over what I've said, but I'll start off where I ended in part one, which was, I believe, I started training in Budapest with this team, now, this was, I believe, week five, post-surgery, I'm about week, week eight, post-surgery now, I believe, maybe week nine, post-surgery, so I started training with this team, and I, it was very, very low quality, it was fourth division, so just amateur not even not even semi-professional they're all just playing for fun and in the first session I was a little bit rough a little bit uncoordinated um but wasn't horrible main thing was my footwork was good uh which was expected but not up to scratch and if anything actually just a little bit scared if that I think that the best word to to explain was actually I was just scared Of getting hit in that area because if I was to get hit in that area, then this would be very, very bad for the recovery because I would then have to get surgery again, potentially. I I won't go into the depth of what the surgery was in the first place because it's a bit intrusive. Um and it is I want to do a, a separate episode on that. So what the training looked like was poor from me. I wasn't expecting myself to be great. But I wasn't expecting myself to be that bad. Now, what happened from there is I went to training again the following day. But it was even worse. And that was because I was put into a different situation. So now we're playing small-sided games. And something that I kind of pride myself on when I'm playing football is my attacking style of goalkeeping. So getting in front of the ball, putting myself in situations where... It may hurt me, but I am proactively defending the goal. Now, because I was scared of getting hit in the area of which I had surgery, I didn't put myself in any situations where I would be in an attacking/slash/proactive position. Therefore, I really just felt as if I wasn't ready to come back. And I felt so far off the measure. I felt, honestly, probably the worst I felt playing football ever and I'm not talking about like mentally it was I'm physically bad now I think it's fair to say that because I I believe maybe the last time I was injured yeah. completely was when I had a stress fracture in my L5 now I have had a torn meniscus before but I was only out completely. For about two weeks, I think. And even then, I was still able to do stuff. Now, with this, I was completely out, bedridden, couldn't move. So I'd never been so debilitated before. Where previously, the last injury that I had had was a little bit debilitating. But far from the measures of the most recent surgery. So I kind of really overestimated, I guess, the time it would take me to return. Now, I don't know if I said this in the first 20 minutes. I probably didn't, but I was going off advice that I probably... No, I went to the right place to get this advice. I did. And it's good that I listened because he's someone who is... Um, he knows his stuff. But in this situation, I think it was wrong. Now... I can go into that and that's my fault but I think that it came from a good uh let's say area came from good heart that I was trying to seek out support and guidance for this surgery because bear in mind guys I am in Germany by myself not speaking the language I don't have a doctor that I can go and visit I don't have any guidance or anything of that sort so as soon as I got the surgery. I didn't even find out the result of why I had the surgery, which we'll go into at a later date. So I didn't even find out what that was, I think, until two days after. And I didn't even get told. My parents got told. And they're in Australia, and I'm actually there in the hospital. So they find out. They tell me it's all good. But it's crazy. I had no support. I had no guidance. And I had no doctor to help me with it. I literally was using ChatGPT to guide me. Now, of course, there's going to be flaws in that. I probably didn't expect it to be this big of a flaw. And potentially that was because I didn't do enough work because I thought the advice that I was getting would be sound and fair. But I'm still struggling uh, in terms of fitness, in terms of getting back to 100% in training at the moment. I'm not able to move like I used to. I am a little bit rigid. When it comes to 1v1s, I move way too early. I kind of flinch a little bit, and it's not like me. Now, this is also because for the past six months, pretty much, I haven't been doing goalkeeper training. I've basically just been doing my own training by myself for the past six months, and it hasn't been good training. It's been really bad training, because ever since I came back to Australia for visiting my family after the season finished, I was looking for a team. I couldn't play with the old team that I was with. They got relegated into the 4th division. They can't have the international goalkeeper as the third goalkeeper. It's not worth it for them. And yeah, it's it was difficult for me because I couldn't find a team. So, I was trialing. I was moving. I was travelling everywhere, I think in the past 6 months. And again, I don't know if I said this in the first 20 minutes, but I definitely said it in the remaining 30. In that 6-month period, I had moved well not moved sorry I had traveled I did move a lot though I had traveled I think every week or two weeks or so whatever it is so basically the first few the first week that I came back to Germany after being in Australia I was in Nuremberg and then uh, Erlangen so close to Nuremberg so I was all around there then I went to Cologne I believe and then I went to Italy then I went back to Cologne and then after that I went to um that's when i got the surgery so after cologne that's when i got the surgery then after the surgery two weeks after the surgery so i'm still pretty bedridden here like i i i could only just start walking again i go to london and then after london i have to go back to germany and i have about i think five days to pack up all my things because i decided to move to budapest because that was my last resort now that Budapest was my last resort and it's always been my last resort if I couldn't find a team because I thought that if I could go play for a Hungarian team it would make sense because I'm a Hungarian technically uh my Hungarian citizenship has been approved although I don't have it in hand yet so I am theoretically Hungarian because my mother is although I don't have the documents to prove it therefore I can't play in Hungary until I get these documents which is one reason why I came back now I hope that I explained it in the first 20 minutes in depth, but in summary, there were four main things that were blocking me from playing in Hungary. Now, one of those things was firstly the citizenship. Okay, if I don't have this citizenship, then I can't play in the second or third division. Now, of course, that leaves the first division, but coming in mid season as a probably third or second keeper in the first division is really, really unlikely. And then being a foreigner it makes it even harder because they're just going to be looking for hungarian players because these players they can easily get for more bonus pay essentially because when you get young players who are hungarian they get paid more the club gets paid more by the um federation because they're growing homegrown talents or whatever so having an international as a goalkeeper uh, who isn't playing it's just dumb for a team so That's already really scarce. And then we're just assuming that they're also looking for a goalkeeper mid-season. So first of all, we've got the Hungarian citizen block. That leaves me only playing in the first division. And then after the citizenship block, I've also got the scarcity. So what teams are actually looking for a goalkeeper? What teams are actually looking for a goalkeeper in, let's say, even assuming that I get my passport and citizenship out of the three leagues that I can play at that I would play for what teams are looking for goalkeepers that's so going to be pretty hard okay because I'm not I'm not well connected in in Hungary I forged a few relationships through LinkedIn I met up with a few people I spoke to a few agents but it's very unlikely that a team's even looking for a goalkeeper midseason. and also a third goalkeeper because that third position is very useless for most teams Because if the second gets injured, then that third becomes the second and they don't need a third anymore because they've still got the third, he's just injured. So it's a very flexible kind of position, that number three, because they only really need two. It's very interchangeable. So that third position isn't really valued. Now, that's another block. So we've got the Hungarian block, we've got the scarcity block, we've got the goalkeeper block, and then we've got the other block which is they only have two weeks left of their season until they go on mid-season break so just like in Germany they have a massive winter break because it gets too cold sometimes so their pitches freeze there's too much snow and it's too cold to play football so they finish their season I believe in maybe one to two weeks now so considering that only now I'm at 100% with a team that I can train now and even then, it's and I'm still not like at 100%. I'd say I'm at 90% now in terms of quality. I'm a little bit sketchy still. It would be good to be with a goalkeeper coach, but I'm not at 100%. So I could probably trial with a team like this, as I am. But considering now, only now, I would be able to train and trial with a team. That means I only have two weeks to find a team until everybody's off, until February. So... That's the other thing. I only had two weeks to find a team. Now, all of those things considered, those three things, not including the Hungarian citizenship, make it very hard to find a team. But what makes it impossible to find a team is the Hungarian citizenship. I don't have it, so I'm not going to be able to find one anyways. Now, the other thing, it's not a block, but it's contemplating. There is this friction, right? Is it actually worth me finding a team at such a low level and only playing there six months because I'm not going to come in as the first choice keeper I'm going to come in as the second or third so working my way up to becoming a first choice keeper in itself is difficult and considering I've only got six months to do so is it actually worth it okay because I'm 19 I haven't played senior men's football I've only been training with teams, right? So that's going to be difficult in itself. Not impossible, but it's another bit of friction. It makes it harder. Now I don't have a problem with that, but it just makes it harder. And is it worth it? Considering that the team that I probably go to is going to be at a lower level because all of those three friction, all of those four friction areas that I was explaining to you, I could find a team. Okay, let's, just, let's say that none of those four friction points were there. I'm still not going to find a top quality team because they've probably got a lot of players that they already know of rather than me that they trust. I'm, I'm new to them. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. So for them, I'm not too attractive to them, okay? So that's the other thing. For me, I don't know if it was really worth my time going to such low club with potentially no real reward there, no game time, no promise, or let's say fair shot, considering I'm new to the team and I've come in halfway through the season. Is that worth it? I don't think it was. Now, that put me in a very, very difficult position because my whole life, now, I can't say my whole life, but most of my life, I've prided myself in taking the hard route, doing the hard thing. What's the hardest thing to do? That's what I want to do. And I've been told that many a times by people saying, why do you always choose the hard route? Why? And I take pride in that because we've all got a brain. Every single one of us have a brain. And many people in this world go around and go about their day just by living it. Just living their life as if they don't care. Now, I don't have a problem with it. But if that was my life, I couldn't do that. Now, I like to do the hardest thing possible. Because I can take pride in doing something challenging where so many people shy away from that. There's eight point something billion people in the world. I think maybe even more. Might be we might be at nine billion now. I, I can't remember. Recently I know we hit we hit something big. But regardless, everyone's got a brain and everyone can do something with it. Now, if I can be known for using my brain very well and become the best at becoming, the best at using their brain, then arguably I could be the best in the world at something. Now, if I'm the best of the world at doing something that everyone's got a chance at doing, then that makes me an incredible, exceptional human being. I would love to become an exceptional, incredible human being. That's amazing. No one could take that away from me. It's so competitive. It's the most competitive thing in the world, becoming the best person you could be, because everyone's person. So I like to take the hard route and it's instilled in not even accomplishing it it's instilled in the journey the journey is so profound and difficult that I'll learn so much about me and myself and the people around me during that process so it's not even if I make it or not I'll be better off for try granted but I think it's such a brilliant pursuit that it gives me such an just profound life if I even if it's not possible due to, let's say, an IQ score or whatever. Even if I was the dumbest person on the earth, I think I would actually be living more of an exceptional life and be learning so many more things because of it. And what was difficult is that I had to realize that when I talk about leaving no stone unturned, which is something that I pride myself on within my own means, which I hope that I did talk about in the first 20 minutes. When I talk about leaving no stone unturned, I was turning all these stones over, making sure that okay, if I'm going to move to Hungary, then I've 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 left all those stones unturned in Germany. Now, when I got to that, and I'm in Hungary and I'm looking at all these stones that I'm that have turned over, one of those stones was something that I didn't like. It was a shock. I didn't think that that would be the case. Every single time when I'm turning these stones, I can kind of guess what they would be kind of guess where they're going to take me. Whether it's, I'm turning this stone because I know that I can then potentially get a trial there. Whether it's, I'm turning the next stone because I think that I'll have a better chance playing football there. Whether it's, I'm turning that stone, which is helping me then level up my train, Whatever stone I'm turning, typically I take it and turn it with a prediction of knowing where it's going to take me. But this stone was a shock because... After turning all of these stones over, it kind of put me at a realization and at a dead end, realizing that I've turned all of these stones and I've done everything I can to this point, but it's leaving me realizing that I've actually got to go back and I've got to go and start again. Because for me, going to Budapest was starting again. It was starting new, but that wasn't going to work either, so it hit me and it wasn't easy to, to necessarily say, oh, okay, brilliant, I'm going to do that. It wasn't exciting. I had to then make sure that I'd left every other stone unturned in Germany, in Budapest, in Europe, because the last thing I wanted to be doing was flying back on that plane, back to Australia, thinking, what have I done? I've just left my dreams and the past five, no, six years of playing football, and I've just left it. My whole mission was to play football in Europe and to become the best footballer that I can become in Europe. I never thought that I'd be back in Australia at this point. I thought that I would be, ever since the age of 15, playing in Europe. COVID sent me back the first time. Okay, that's fine. I can deal with COVID. I'll make the best out of it. I did. I then played for Sydney FC and MacArthur Bulls. Okay, now I can move and travel again. I'm 17. I moved to Germany. It was a tough six months, but then I found my first professional team. Six months later, I'm back in Australia. Whilst I'm back in Australia, I had some very, very promising teams lined up. Unfortunately, nothing came to fruition. One month afterwards, I was with a few good teams. Nothing came to fruition again. And then I get the, the surgery. Surgery came out of nowhere. I found out on the Friday what it is. On the Monday, I had the surgery. So the next working day, I had to get the surgery. It was sudden. Now... After the surgery, I thought that I'd move to Budapest to start again. Then one month after that, I started again in Australia, and here I am now. Now, that was difficult, not mentally, because I had no problem with moving back to Australia, even though I had prided myself on taking the hard route, because I had actually made sure that that was the right decision for me. Now, when I mean it was hard to make that decision... I don't mean mentally, as I just said then. It was actually just hard to make sure that it was the right decision because I can't predict the future. It may have been the wrong move. Maybe I would have found a team in Hungary. It's possible that I could have. I know that I could have found a team in Germany. That's a fact, I could have. But was it worth it? Maybe not, and I will never know. I will never know, but from the calculations that I did, I believe that I had to make that move back to Australia because it was the smartest move strategically, statistically, and everything above rather than staying in Europe and running the risk of not finding a team for a year. Because if I didn't find a team for this season, for the 2023-24 season, then that would be very bad for my career. So if I go into 2023-24, sorry, if I went 22-23 with a team and then 2024 with a team and not miss that season like I would have potentially... That, does me, that puts me in a much better place for finding a team for the following season, or even just leveling up. So, that move was calculated, very calculated. I think I did talk about this in the first 20 minutes, the processes and uh, strategies that I had in place to make sure that was the right decision for me. I spoke with many people, many close, close allies, okay? Not close friends, because the people who I spoke to, the allies who I spoke to, I don't speak on a regular basis. We talk to each other when we need help. We talk to each other when we need to bounce ideas. A very good friend of mine, a very good ally of mine, I know that I can call him up and he'll answer, literally on the way after training. That training session that I said, that it just hit me that training session, the second training session with that fourth division team, it hit me. After that session, first thing I did was I called him and he picked up, we spoke about it and literally, we had a plan. We said, okay, the next two weeks, I'll give myself to recover and get back to 100%. So this would be now. I gave myself two weeks. So now, I think it would be or maybe a week ago and then I'll try and find a team in Budapest and if I didn't find a team in Budapest, Then I'd come back to Australia. And I was thinking I'd come back to Australia in December. Now, what made me come back earlier was when I was speaking to him, I completely forgot about the the passport. So I was only thinking about three situations. So when I realized that there was four things holding me back, then I realized, oh, wow, no, I have to move now. Because if I don't, then I won't be able to find a team in Australia. So I had to move fast. And it's... A lot of a lot of difficulties actually logistically making that move because it wasn't just i'll move back to australia because i've just moved to budapest and let's say 70 percent of my belongings are in germany i also can only fly out of germany so i had to spend a week in budapest because i had booked my accommodation still so i don't want to waste all my money and then I moved back to Germany, and the hardest part is actually moving all of my things back to Australia. I've got probably 100 kilograms of clothes, of of pots and pans, of household objects. I had moved houses every six months. Every six months, I was getting a new wardrobe. I had suitcases upon suitcases. People had left stuff with me. My mum had left stuff with me. I had left stuff with me from when I was living in Germany in 2019 I left that with my cousins and I picked it up in 2022 I had so much stuff with me and now I had to send it back to Australia within three days so I came back to Germany on I think it was the 31st maybe and then on the 3rd I was flying back and on the 2nd no on the 1st of November it was a public holiday so I had to pack everything in four piles, one was the throw out, one was the send back to Australia, one was the pack, and the one was the donate, so I had four different piles of things with me from the past, well, anywhere from five to two years, and no, four to two years, sorry, and I was busy, I was busy to where it was such an unfamiliar busyness, I just didn't know I'd never been in this situation, right? I'm 19 and I'm I'm having to move my my life's belongings with me and my life's savings and a lot of that I had to chuck out. Probably a few thousand dollars worth of things that I actually just had to chuck out because I had saved up for a lot of things in in Germany and I didn't want to ship them back because it would be too expensive and then That's basically just a loss for me now because I'm not going to go buy them again in Australia because they were so expensive. So I had to lose a lot of things in Germany. So that was difficult and I only had a few days to do so and in the end, I had to ship all of that back to Australia. The things that I actually could afford to do, which was like clothes because in the end, I think it was maybe 250 Australian dollars to ship back 20 kilograms of things. But if I was to ship back all of the other things... Then it would have been five hundred dollars for just five five expensive things potentially, and that and that it just pushes me over the limit. So there were so many things that it was just no one talks about it. No one talks about no one trains you up for these things. You know, in school you didn't learn how to move all your things from one side of the country well, from one side of the world to the other. You know, these are skills that I had to develop in a very short amount of time. And don't get me wrong, I've done it before, but this was. It was, you know, the end of the road for some of those things, for some clothes, for some items, for some blaze pods, for some things. It was the end of the road and I had to manage that. Now, that's not easy, not easy to do. So I'm back in, a, I'm back in Germany and I've packed all my things and I'm, I'm ready to fly out of Germany, leaving behind the past few years, anywhere from four to two years my 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 dream of playing in europe and that's not easy but it was easy okay it wasn't easy logistically but i've got no problem with it i didn't have any regret so far i don't have any remorse or anything in, of of feeling like i've i've left a stone unturned because i had these processes in place to make sure that i wouldn't feel guilty Because if I did feel guilty, then I've made the wrong decision. And I'm not going to make the wrong decision here. I believe, at least, within my knowledge of what I know, I have done the right decision. Now, I could be wrong, but I do believe that whatever decision I make is going to be the right one. Because I'm the type of person to make sure I make the best decision within my knowledge. Because I can't tell the future, because I don't necessarily, I'm not informed in every single dimension... My decisions are always going to be flawed, but maybe it's not worth me exploring all of those stones because I might be forgetting the biggest stone of all. So for me, I believe that I had to make the right decision in what I knew. That was coming back to Australia. Now, again, I don't know if it's the right one. I don't think I'll know for a long time. I don't know where this is going to take me. I don't see this path. I always had this path knowing that I would play in, in Europe, but now it's not that. I'm almost too old to do what I've been doing because I don't have the youth football uh, path. That youth football in Europe was very important for me. I didn't even do that. I skipped it. I went straight from under 18s to first team. That's almost too big of a skip. So I almost have to go back into youth football now. So it puts me in a weird situation now because I don't know where I'm going to go because getting back to Europe, I'd only go back to Europe on a full Professional contract. I'm not going on a regular league team. I'm not going for some fifth division team. I'm only going on a full professional contract. So, how am I going to get that professional contract? Well, I'm probably going to have to be playing in the A League regularly. Now, to play in the A League regularly, I'm going to have to be quite a bit older. I don't think I'm going to be able to play in the A League regularly at 19 because it's going to take me some time. Maybe I can find an A League team within the next year or so. But then, starting and playing, well, I'm going to have to have at least one good season to start playing in Europe. So I'm thinking in about three years, at the best, I'm going to be playing in Europe again. But I don't know, and I won't be able to tell for a while. But I hope that kind of um helps you guys a little bit understand where my brain is, what my thoughts are, and everything like that. Um, because yeah, it's a, it's a crazy journey. But I think that I've kind of summarized it well there, and I hope um you can kind of understand a bit more about my situation and why I've decided to come back to Australia. But we started, i said i will catch you in the next episode because maybe i can talk about my surgery what happened there that might be a good one to talk about but anyways guys thanks so much for listening and i will catch you tomorrow